Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake, joined as always by Gabby Urrutia. And on this podcast, we have a big official visit weekend to recap. Uh, we have a commit news to recap and a coaching departure to recap. So it's that time of year where it's nonstop. Uh, you know, we can't feed the beast enough this time of year in terms of news and <laughs> The fan base craving the news, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we are doing our best to gather information and pass it along as best we can. Um, so uh, before we hop into the podcast here, let me allow this message here first. Happy birthday to you. It's Gabby's birthday today. So just want to start there. Happy birthday. Uh, really poor timing by your parents in terms of like having you not knowing that you would go into uh, covering recruiting just the the toughest time of year but really really selfish on their end but I mean it is come on blame them so just wanted to say happy birthday man and uh you know hopefully when we get past Wednesday what we got three more days man three more days we gotta power through and then you can uh, enjoy life. But, um, and let me, let me just say too here on the front end, still have our 60% off annual subscription deal going. Uh, you know, things change by the hour with this stuff. So, uh, you know, we'll do our best to pass along the information as we know it here at 8.30 in the morning on Monday, but things are certainly fluid. And uh, I would... Definitely recommend everyone jumping on board, uh, taking advantage of this 6% off deal. That's about 43 bucks for a year's worth of VIP content. So, all right, let's start this podcast finally. 
Um, let's let's begin with kind of the newsy thing over the weekend, uh, and that has to do with coaching departure. Wide receiver coach slash co-offensive coordinator Brian McClendon uh, has accepted the wide receiver coaching job at Georgia. And I think it's worth noting that's his alma mater. He coached there for, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years, something like that as a running backs coach and as a wide receivers coach uh, during the Mark Richt era, Uh, had a lot of success on the recruiting trail at Georgia. So he gets an opportunity to go back home and uh, you know, that leaves a hole, another hole in Mario Cristobal's first staff, um, which he will look to fill, I think, after National Signing Day, right? So, um, you know, look, I think we got to keep it real, Gabby, right? I think, you know, this this does sting. I do think Brian McClendon is a good uh, position coach. I think he would have been an excellent recruiter, um, you know, I think, you know, this might be a little too conspiracy theory, but I do think there's something to it. I don't think it's a coincidence, right, that Miami hires Mario Cristobal and everyone in the college football world uh, knows, understands that, hey, recruiting in South Florida is now going to get a lot harder. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a knife fight to go into South Florida and pluck the best players out of there. Um, And so I don't think it's a coincidence that Alabama hires Travaris Robinson from Miami staff. Uh, Travaris Robinson, excellent recruiter, excellent coach, uh, has connections in South Florida. Georgia goes and hires Brian McClendon, uh, who's, you know, new to the Miami staff, but still excellent recruiter, has connections in South Florida. It's a loaded year, wide receiver-wise, in South Florida. Uh, I'm sure Georgia wants to get in on those recruits. Um, So I don't think it's a coincidence, is what I'm saying, that uh, Alabama and Georgia are plucking these guys when Mario Cristobal comes to town. Um, But I'll stop ranting, Gabby. What was your kind of quick takeaway? What do you think this means, just recruiting in general? I mean, I think in the immediate future, right? Yeah, it matters, but, uh, you know, let's wait and see who Mario Cristobal ends up hiring. Yeah. I I think it's definitely, you got kind of got to wait and see what the next move is from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, again, he's not from South Florida, but I think he was here just long enough with this, you know, contact period to sort of, you know, make a few inroads with some of these South Florida recruits. Uh, I was talking like directly with Jalen Brown's father when like this news broke, you know, just kind of like talking to him. And when Jalen Brown came came off the field after the championship game over in Pylon, like I was the one that like Jalen's dad told me to basically like, you know, tell him what was going on. And I had to basically break it to Jalen Brown that Brian McClendon was leaving Miami and he was just like pretty stunned about it. So, um, you know, it's, you know, people are are pretty surprised. So in that way, uh, you know, again, People are going to come down here and want to, I mean, schools like that are going to want to come take top recruits. Miami's going to have plenty of them, especially at wide receiver. And, you know, what Brian McClendon was just able, the impressions that he was sort of able to make down here in just a few 
again, just a few short weeks really were, were impactful, I think, just kind of talking to the guys that were around. I mean, you saw Brandon Innes tweet about it, how, how Brian McClendon was gone from Miami. Um, I know that there was just reactions. I mean, over the weekend, I mean, t- like Carnell Tate, a top-ranked wide receiver in the country, was talking about Brian McClendon and him wanting and wanting to come visit Miami sort of because of him and Mario Cristobal. So um, I do think that it definitely probably hurts on the recruiting trail, but there also was, probably wasn't a, a lot of time here for it to really make like a significant difference. You still have what, 11, 10, 11 months to sort of figure it out. And I'm sure they're going to come, you know, bring in another, another great guy. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think, I do think it hurts Miami, but it's understandable with Mario Cristobal making a similar move, you know, leaving a big program like Oregon to come home to Miami, you know, Brian McClendon going back home to where he's from. Uh, I don't think you can ever really truly blame a guy for making that move. And, you know, obviously, national champs sounds like a great opportunity for him so you know definitely wishing him the best but uh yeah miami definitely has a spot to fill yeah let's see how it plays out right um i think too when, when the when the mcclendon news started to leak out right which was i mean all the days are running together i believe it was last week right um you know when we were checking in on that yeah we heard that there was you know something to you know the smoke was real Um, we were also told that there was some smoke too, that, uh, DeMarcus Van Dyke might get a look at Georgia. It's a bit unclear. I would say, you know, it's believed that they're going to have a cornerback coach opening. So it's a little unclear if it would be for that position or if it would be, uh, you know, as a staffer off field. Um, but I guess there are some exploratory talks maybe happening there. Um, what would you make of that? Yeah, um, I do think that, you know, that is sort of legit. I don't think that DeMarcus Van Dyke would leave to Georgia for an off-field staff role. I guess maybe he could, but I mean, from everything I sort of understand, I don't think that that would be the case. Like, I don't know if he would, he's probably going to be an off-field staffer at Miami. I don't think he would leave his alma mater to go be an off-field staffer at Georgia. So I think the only way he makes that move is if Georgia offers him the cornerbacks coach job. Um, right. Again, I mean, there's going to be coaches all over the country that are going to be interested in this. I mean, I don't think it's like shocking or, you know, right. insane that, you know, DeMarcus Van Dyke would be interested in the Georgia cornerbacks coach. coach. Opening. Yeah, he wants to coach on the field for sure. He's a big time recruiter with a lot of ties to South Florida. I mean, again, I feel like Georgia's a program that, you know, could maybe potentially roll the dice on you know, a young coach like DeMarcus Van Dyke because of just the way that he can recruit. I mean, you think about his relationship with Cormani McLean and just, you know, that's it all, right there. All, yeah, that's, it's right there. I mean, if and, Georgia legitimately wanted to hire him, that's yeah. the reason why. Yeah. And uh, guess where Cormani McLean was this weekend at Georgia. So, I mean, again, I could see it being a situation like that if it were to play out. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's I don't again. I, I, it, to me, it's not super surprising that he's interested in Georgia. I bet you, if you ask every cornerback in the every cornerbacks coach in the country if they're interested in Georgia, I would bet that a large majority of them would say yes, just because of who they are right now and their ability to acquire talent, like almost no other program. So, um, yeah, but I don't I don't think that he's just like I don't think people should be freaking out that he's going to leave to Georgia no matter what. I don't believe that to be true. All right, so. Before we get into the official visit stuff, um, I 
over the weekend, Andy Jean, right? 2023. Uh, is he a three star or a four star? I should have looked a, this up. He's a, he's a three star on both, okay. both by us and on the composite. From Miami Northwestern, good player. Um, you know, finds a way to make plays. Um, committed to Miami over the weekend. I guess the, you know, the main question I have now is with the departure of Brian McClendon, what does this mean for Andy Jean? Is he, is he going to have second thoughts now, uh, with, you know, there some, it's unknown who his position coach would be at Miami at this point, or do you think he's going to stick with the commitment and just see who Miami hires? Yeah, I think my best guess would probably be that he sticks through a commitment, just sort of see what happens. I don't think there's going to be any like immediate sort of backlash on this. I do think it's pretty telling um, when you just look at the timeline that they took a 2023 wide receiver commit and then how quickly that turned into Brian McClendon leaving. Um, again, I think that timeline was very quickly. like just Everything happened pretty quickly from what I understand uh, with Brian McClendon. But, I mean, as of Saturday afternoon when Andy Jean committed, I think the, I mean, the plan was for Brian McClendon to be his coach. So, um, But, yeah, I think Andy Jean sticks it out. I mean, he talked about just wanting to stay home, uh, his, fam- just his family being able to see him play, uh, just, you know, the guys that he knows on the team. It feels like that's just a place where he was going to end up if Miami ever gave him the opportunity to do so. And this wasn't just a Brian McClendon commitment. I know that he had a long conversation with Mario Cristobal ahead of this commitment. So uh, this is a a program commitment. I think this is a guy that Miami in general, um, you know, accepted. It wasn't just, hey, Brian McClendon was like, I want this guy worth it. I am personally taking this guy. This was seemed like a pretty thorough process. I mean, just from you sort of knowing how this thing was playing out from basically like Monday through uh, Saturday when it actually happened. What's your take on how big this wide receiver class will be, right? Cause it's a loaded year in yeah. South Florida. Do you think it'll be like a three, four, five deep? What, what's your best early guess on that? I think my, I mean, I think my, I think I'm start, starting to sort of settle on four and I think, I know that's a big number, but I think you just look at what they did this cycle. They only took one guy in Isaiah right. Horton and then they took the transfer in Frank Gladson, but um, I think that this could be a pretty big class. And I mean, I guess we'll see how it goes now with the recruiting, but with you already have two guys committed in Lamar Seymour and Andy Jean, and I'm not like advocating for any sort of, you know, any of that type of stuff, but you still have Jalen Brown on the board, still have Brandon Ennis on the board. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll see now with Carnell Tate because he, he sounded pretty interested in whatever Miami was doing. Um, you got Hakeem Williams, you got Nathaniel Joseph, and right. I'm probably missing someone. I mean, I, I'm not really sure, but you got those are five guys there that Robbie, I'm not maybe Robbie Washington. I mean, that's six names right now that I think if they wanted in, I mean, I think they would have trouble saying no to any one of those guys. So, um, what do you, what do you do? I mean, like, right. I, I think that you have to, you have to leave the door open for at least you know, three, three of those guys to, 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 to want in. And if that's the case, I mean, you're looking at potentially five wide receivers. Do I expect it to be five on, you know, early signing day in December or national signing day next February? No, but I mean, I don't think you can just say, Hey, sorry guys, we're only taking three. If let's say a few more of those guys want in. Right. So I'm probably leaning towards four. Okay. Official visit weekend uh, wrapped up Sunday. Let's not bury the lead. Uh, the main person of interest visiting 
five-star defensive lineman Shamar Stewart. Uh, Gabby, coming out of his visit, what is the buzz? What is your feeling on, and again, when you get like a five-star guy in the final two days, uh, just having done this now for what, 15 years, this thing can flip-flop back and forth by the hour. Yeah. Uh, but what is your latest understanding and feel for where things stand with Shamar Stewart and Miami? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think Miami's has as good of a shot as they've ever had at any point of this recruit recruiting process. I mean, I, I think we go back to October. What was this looking like? It was basically Shamar Stewart was an AM lock, um, you know, all these types of things. And Mario Cristobal has clawed his way back into this. I think it's a true, you know, he called it a neck and neck 50, 50 sort of deal. I mean, I really believe that to be the case. I think Miami has as good of a shot as Texas A&M at this point. Um, I think you could almost flip a coin at this point again, and you literally have, you know, a shot at being right in this. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, just sort of just the feeling I get is I get, I mean, they're the last ones to get him on campus. He never made it up to college station. I could see it being Miami. I, I really could. I mean, I could definitely see Miami being the pick. And, you know, people are talking about the defensive coordinator, you know, just sort of the feeling I'm getting from people over there. And, you know, just within Shamar Stewart's camp is that they, they were sort of able to smooth that over. I mean, you hear what he told Andrew Ivins in, you know, his interview with him last night. You know, he has he has somebody that he has in mind. Stewart said before noting he didn't want to say too much. So, I mean, I think they gave Shamar enough to sort of maybe feel confident in picking Miami. I mean, I think he has a, at least an idea of what the plan is. You know, maybe right. us as, uh, you know, people covering the team and others as fans don't know. I think that they sort of laid out a vision for him of what this defense is going to look like, whether that's a person or anything. So, um, you know, I'm not super confident to say Miami. You know, I think this could easily, just as easily be Texas A&M. I mean, they've been running point on this basically the distance since he right. essentially came back from that LSU official visit and decided that that problem, that program probably wasn't for him. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes, David. Like you said, I could see this flip flopping over the next, you know, 72 hours or so, whatever it is before he, he actually signs. So, I mean, I think you kind of just got to, you know, strap on the seatbelt and, you know, get ready for the ride because, uh, you know, I don't think it's over yet, but um, I, I think Miami has as good of a shot as they, as, as they've ever had. Yeah, no decision's been made, like, internally, of course. Um, And, yeah, I do think, like, from the Texas A&M side of things, I do know, like, they feel good about their chances. Now, I'm not saying Texas A&M's going to win this recruitment. Uh, I'm just speaking to, you know, the sense that this really is going to be a battle coming down to the wire. Anything else on Shamar to note? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think that's basically... I mean, yeah, we'll do another podcast here Tuesday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have more information on where things stand then. Uh, Next guy I wanted to touch on, R. Mason Thomas, um, edge rusher at a Cardinal Gibbons, high three star guy. Um, He was a guy Miami was really intrigued by uh, this new staff. where would you say things stand now? He's currently committed to Iowa State. Is Miami going to do enough to pull him from that pledge? I think it's possible. Um, you know, I know that they, 
again, they feel they they really like him and they were able to show him around UM and all that stuff for the first time. I mean, there's a Broward County kid that had never been on Miami's campus. So, um, you know, you got to treat it like a first time official visit as they would for, you know, a lot of the other guys that were on this trip, which is what I, I, which I think in a way could help Miami just because, you know, that freshness, I think, is always sort of good. But, you know, just sort of coming out of that, I mean, I think that there's people that are sort of feeling that he could potentially stick with Iowa State, which, uh, you know, that could be really interesting because you got schools like Oklahoma pushing as well. Uh, he told me, uh, you know, yesterday on the way down from Orlando that, you know, he's probably going to have an LSU and a Kentucky hat on the table as well. I don't expect him to choose any of those two guys, but um, it feels like, you know, potentially Iowa State could hold on. And uh, I don't think that's something a lot of people were anticipating. And so, uh, if that's what Matt Campbell and those guys are able to do, I mean, he would be the second highest graded commit uh, to ever sort of sign with the Cyclones outside of like Alan Lazard, who's with the Green Bay oh. Packers, uh, or at least was with the Green Bay Packers. I'm not sure if he's still with them. But, uh, you know, it would be a huge win for that program. And um, I think I know Miami likes him and they, you know, they, they feel good about him as a player. I just don't know how confident they're feeling that they're going to land him on Wednesday but again things can sort of still change they are still the hometown school and you know the appeal of you know playing close to mom and her not having to travel I think is uh is legit and again I think they did a good job over the weekend he's told me the highlight of the visit was sort of being able to watch tape with Joe Salavea on the you know defensive lineman and all that stuff and they're selling him on coming off the edge and how well they developed Kayvon Thibodeau at that spot. So, I mean, not saying our, our Mason Thomas is cave on Thibodeau. Few people are, but um, you know, just the way that they're able to use the guy at his position well and productively. One guy in Miami does feel good about coming out of the weekend, three-star offensive lineman out of Pleasant Grove, Alabama, Inez Cooper, um, just a massive body type, massive frame, six, six, three fifty two. Um, Miami's in a good spot there, right? Yeah, I think Miami's in the I think Miami's in the best spot there of any. I think Auburn uh, has always sort of flirted with him throughout the recruitment. I don't think that they ever made like you know a strong push, and Miami was able to get him on campus for this last this last official visit weekend. Um, just sort of reading the tea leaves, uh, it sound it feels like Miami's probably in the best spot to to pick him up on Wednesday, and uh, you know they need those road grader types, those big body road graders, uh, and those are the types of guys that Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal loved. So, um, you know, I think it would be a, a, a good addition for them. Four-star running back Trevante Citizen out of uh, Louisiana, Lake Charles College Prep. Um, guy who was committed to LSU, decommitted, I think, because of the coaching change. Auburn also involved um, heavily. So a guy who lives in SEC country, has major SEC programs chasing him, um, Florida as well. Um, and I, you know, he visited Miami this weekend. What are the vibes coming off that visit? Yeah. I, I mean, I think historically you would, uh, you would think that Trevante citizens probably going to pick one of those sec schools being a Lake Charles, Louisiana guy who was formally committed to LSU, um, with those three pro with those three sec schools, uh, you know, in play, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised by the feedback that I got on Trevante Citizen coming out of the visit. And again, I'm not sitting, I'm not going to sit here and say Miami's going to, you know, beat these guys out. But, you know, sort of going into it, I kind of thought that this was just maybe just one of those, hey, I have a final official visit to use. It's Miami. Maybe I'll just come down and check it out. But, 
you know, people are feeling, you know, at least in, in, inside those buildings feel like, you know, that they have a shot. You know, I think he took photos at the under, at the Under Armour All-American or the All-American Bowl with basically just the Florida LSU and Auburn hats. And I think, uh, you know, then he dropped that edit on, on Sunday with Miami sort of in the mix, too. So I do think that they made a legitimate move in that recruitment. Um, again, I think you still again, I think you just follow the history of it. He's probably he could probably land in the sec, but you know, he does have some connections to Miami. I mean, Dennis Smith is a guy that's been, you know, a key part of this Miami recruiting machine since Mario Cristobal came on. He spent the last three years at, um, at Louisiana tech. So, I mean, he has ties to the state and, you know, I believe that he has like relationships with guys that are around Trevante citizen as well. So I'm not fully ruling out Miami at this point, but I would probably lean towards one of those sec schools right now. Yeah, it seems like Miami made a, a strong move over the weekend, but we'll see over the next couple of days whether, you know, coming off that visit, whether it's like a, you know, a visit high, so to speak, um, if that feeling still exists Monday, Tuesday, going into Wednesday. But I do think it's fair to say Miami's in the mix stronger than I would have expected, right? Um, one guy who, you know, similarly, right? lives in SEC country, uh, went into the weekend viewed as a Georgia lean. Christian Miller, the four-star defensive lineman um, out of Cedar Grove High School in Ellenwood, Georgia. Um, did Miami make a similar move there, or, or is the vibe kind of, yeah, he, he's going to go to an SEC school? Yeah, I think the vibe is just that Georgia's going to be where he ends up. I mean, I think that if Georgia ever gave him the green light, I think that was always where he was going to – that's where he was always going to be. Um, it sounds like he got that. We saw some of our our Georgia insiders here at 24-7 Sports uh, crystal balling him over the weekend to Georgia. Um, I would expect them to be the pick at this point. I don't think Miami's feeling super good about that one. And uh, local defensive tackle Ahmad Moten. Uh, three-star at a Cardinal Gibbons, R. Mason Thomas's teammate. Um, what are the vibes there? Yeah, um, I'm expecting um, Ahmad Moten to probably pick Oklahoma. Um, you know, just throughout the process, you know, I feel like there was always people in Miami that maybe weren't like, you know, in love with him, you know, the prospect. Um, I, I do think Mario Cristobal's staff was more open to him. They offered him at Oregon and they were very interested in him while he was there. I just think ultimately, um, you know, he's just going to end up playing somewhere else that's not Miami. He is a Miami legacy, and they did bring him in on campus. But uh, I'm just not sure that that's all going to come together. And then the final visitor, we, we leave him for last because he's not going to make a decision, um, as far as we know, uh, until March, right? He's a, he's a five-star offensive tackle out of the Seattle area, Josh Connerly. Um, also plays basketball. And so he wants to take all his visits and his basketball season didn't allow him to do that. So um, he still wants to visit other schools, which he will be able to do in March. And so that's when he's going to make his decision, but he did visit Miami this weekend. Um, you know, it sounds like like 24 seven sports national uh, recruiting analyst, Brandon Huffman, who lives in the Pacific Northwest, has a strong relationship with Connerly and his family, basically kind of wrote on the website, Gabby, did an update with him, 
uh, wrote that, you know, Miami's in a good spot simply because uh, who the uh, head coach is in Mario Cristobal, and he pays a lot of attention to the offensive line. So, um, again, I don't think a decision's imminent. Um, so Miami did a good job making a, a strong impression. And I, I think this is just going to be a recruitment where Mario Cristobal works it until March. Um, anything else to add on that end? Yeah. I mean, I just like just touching on that last point, David, I know we were talking about this before, just, you gotta, you gotta kind of feel I think it's going to be interesting to see how this sort of plays out over the next few months. Cause you know, Mario Cristobal being the recruiter that he is, uh, giving him a few more months to sort of, you know, attack this recruitment with Josh Connerly be, basically being, you know, the top unsigned guy. Um, I think it's going to, again, with Mario Cristobal, the type of recruiter, I think you have to like that he ha- that he's going to have a little bit more time to get involved in all of this. You know, he did officially visit Michigan. We'll see how what ends up happening with that staff. Um, you know, Oklahoma's involved. He's going to go see Oregon and USC. Probably will do an unofficial type thing with Washington. But, um, you know, I could see Mario Cristobal, David. I know that you feel the same way. Just going all in on Josh Connerly once this is all wrapped up on Wednesday. Right. And that's going to be his guy. So, um, and he's going to be, I mean, a lot of other schools are going to feel the same exact way. So, you know, I think it's going to be a great opportunity for Mario Cristobal, the offensive lineman, you know, with the offensive line background and all those great things about him to go try to get the top ranked offensive lineman in the country. So that's going to be fun to watch him sort of maneuver through over the next couple months. Let's uh, let's discuss or provide an update on um, some recruits that didn't visit. Um, just kind of where, like, four-star interior offensive lineman Dave Ayuli uh, out of Puyallup, Washington State. Um, we get some crystal balls. We're getting some crystal balls rolling in uh, from national. When, when he was a target, Gabby. So things looking good there. Yeah, I think things are. I think things are looking pretty good with Dave Uli. Um, I think it was big getting, uh, you know, those crystal balls from Steve Wiltfong and Brandon Huffman. I mean, those are the two most. I mean, Huffman being super plugged into the Pacific Northwest. Steve Wiltfong, I mean, just almost bats a thousand on those things. So I think it's a good indicator about where Miami stands in that recruitment. I mean, I got some intel, you know, early on that Miami might have been tough to beat just because he really has just that much love and respect for Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal for all the same reasons that we were sort of talking about with Josh Connerly, you know, them having that offensive line background and the way that they've sort of been able to develop those guys. So, um, you know, I think the I think that Miami's probably sitting in the best spot. I know he probably, I, I believe he visited Oregon over the weekend or was just in Oregon. I'm not sure if that was like an official or an unofficial or how that worked. But, um, you know, I think that's probably the school to watch out for most. That was a school he was committed to, even though it was when Mario and Chris Ball and Alex Mirabal were there. But um, I'm sort of liking where Miami sort of stands heading into, into Wednesday. He'd be a nice addition, right? Big frame, big body. Oh, yeah. Again, people mover in the run game. Uh, also has that nasty edge mentality, right? Um, Matthew McCoy, three-star out of St. Augustine, right? I think he visited the same weekend as, as Ayuli um, on the 14th, I think, of January. Also 
visited before the early signing period in December with the previous staff. Um, but Matthew McCoy visited Florida this past weekend, right? This most recent weekend. Um, and so it was, we were keeping an eye on kind of what the vibes were coming out of Florida for McCoy. Um, what's your understanding about where things stand there? Yeah. I mean, again, surprisingly positive feedback coming out of that Florida visit. Um, that is the local school, you know, just in terms of closest to his home. And, you know, that typically when they take that last official visit to that, you know, close to home school, I mean, that sort of is the tell of how all this plays out. But, you know, I, I know Miami felt confident going into the weekend that they were, you know, in the like in a really good spot to land Matthew McCoy. They went in home last week with him um, coming out of that. You know, the feeling was still the same. I mean, I went ahead and I, I put in that 24-7 sports crystal ball forecast. The Florida insider, Blake Alderman, went ahead and followed me. So I think that that's a, another good indicator about how things were sort of, you know, or just the feelings that they're even getting up in Gainesville uh, regarding that recruitment. So, um, again, I think this could be a big win, a recruiting win for Miami up in North Florida. A guy that they really like recently measured in at six foot five, 278 pounds with a eight with an 80.75 inch wingspan. So that's like a six foot seven wingspan, basically. Um, so, you know, an athletic body type that uh, I know people, you know, within the coaching industry are are high on. So I think that could be a, a big win. Another late riser, a guy that didn't really start picking right. up power five offers until his senior year. Um, and a guy that Miami's basically been involved with since he blew up some. So uh, definitely a big win. For Miami if they were able to actually land him on Wednesday. Yep. We'll see, you know, how that plays out here over the next two days. Um, it's always tough battling the, you know, Miami's local, but uh, Florida of course is super local uh, with yeah. St. Augustine to Gainesville. Um, another guy that visited Florida, we were keeping an eye on, right? Jack Pyburn, uh, the edge rusher. Seems like I mean, Pyburn, it was kind of up in the air. Maybe he would swing down to Miami over the weekend. That didn't happen, right, Gabby? He didn't come down on his own. Uh, he visited Florida the entire weekend. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole thing about this weekend. He had like a big wrestling tournament or whatever he was. I mean, I was, I was talking to people at Miami, and they were expecting him in Saturday night. So, you know, they potentially could have had him on campus, you know, really, I guess maybe sometime on Saturday, but more realistically, all day Sunday. That was sort of the plan coming into the weekend. That obviously didn't happen when Florida decided to bring him in. That was always a threat. I mean, I feel like it's kind of like a right. Florida special at this point. They just kind of come in at the last second, offer a local kid, and, you know, that typically works for them for, you know, whatever reason that is. But he did take that official visit to Florida. Uh, they offered him while he was on the official visit. And if you've been paying attention to, you know, the, the forecast coming in, you know, he's picking up some Florida picks. So, uh, again, I think that that could be, a tough school to beat at this point. He's going to actually make a decision on Tuesday, not on Wednesday. And, um, right. you know, there's going to be an Auburn hat on the table. There's going to be a Miami hat on the table. And that Florida hat is probably going to be the newest addition. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the one he picked. Right. Makes sense. Local guy, Jacksonville. Um, like you said, uh, Florida slow played that. And uh, they always had the winning hand if they wanted to make a strong move. Um, let's wrap it up there. Uh, want to apologize. I think my internet was in and out a little bit, uh, during this podcast. So, uh, hopefully when we record Tuesday, those issues, uh, 
are cleaned up by Comcast. And let's end it there. Again, 60% off annual subscription deal running. Uh, we will stay up to date as much as possible here in the days leading up to National Signing Day. Gabby, thanks again for the strong work. Uh, happy birthday. And until uh, next time, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.